sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. This is Diamond Bets. My name is Matt Stryker. I'm joined, as always, by the one and only author of the Black Book series, Mr. Joe Pizzapia. This is the show talking about baseball, diving deep, getting into the mind of Joe, and finding a way to cash in those wild thoughts. So welcome, my friend. Always great to have you here. Let's talk about the latest news in Major League Baseball. Yes, and uh, one of the more interesting wagers we set for ourselves will uh, actually come true uh early next week because jacob de is going to make his first start of the year and we were wondering will he make a start before this show turns into a football show on sunday mornings and the answer seems to be fingers crossed that it's actually going to happen we are going to see him and get to talk about him next week on uh, sunday so he will make his 2022 debut for the new york mets on tuesday the last rehab start was not great i don't think anybody really cares about the results of it you can give up a couple home runs. Nobody cares. <clears throat> He's Jacob DeGrom. And when guys have spring training, they typically have that one blow-up start of that start where, you know, they leave some pitches up in the zone or they're just throwing fastballs because that's where they're at in terms of conditioning. I wouldn't panic about that. I would panic if he said, I don't feel right after the start, which he said he felt fine. So Jacob DeGrom, 2022 debut. And we'll talk more about that in a second. Freddie Peralta making his rehab start as well earlier this week. So that is very uh, important for the Milwaukee Brewers. That is a huge addition to this rotation. Also a big addition, too, to a Texas Ranger team. Keep this in mind because this is a really good young player, Josh Young, who we thought might be out for the entire season. He has rehabbed that shoulder. He is back on minor league rehab assignment. He has already hit a home run in that minor league assignment on Friday. Josh Young is a really good young player. And I know that's a funny pun, but dad jokes aside, you add him to this infield now that's got Corey Seager, that's got Marcus Simeon, John Gray is pitched very well here. Uh, the Texas Rangers are starting to put something together, folks. Uh, Adelise Garcia, who we talked about, remember how stone cold he was? We said yep. in fantasy leagues, go buy Adelise Garcia, right? If you did, then you've done pretty well because he hit like 350 over the last 40 at-bats. He's been spectacular. So Right now, Texas, it might be one of those teams that you look at that's going to ruin a lot of days for other contending teams. They have nothing to lose. They're just playing out the season, but they've really turned things around in terms of how things are going and the trajectory of that organization. And I think that's a really important thing. And I think from a wagering standpoint, you could start to look for individual bets on Josh Young. You could start to look maybe for some of the overs on Texas. You could also start to look at them just straight up on nights with John Gray against a tough opponent just beating that other team outright. So keep an eye on the Texas Rangers here the last two months, a team that's starting to figure things out a little bit. Uh, the Cardinals are apparently pursuing Frankie Montas. Apparently they're pursuing Juan Soto. They're pursuing a lot of things. They need pitching help. I think more than anything, Matt, you probably agree they need an outfielder and a pitcher. We'll see if they've got enough in the tank to get both of them or at least one of them. And then uh, the Braves apparently are looking to uh, maybe reunite with the man Jock Peterson, who was so instrumental last year. So we shall see if that happens or not. I know he's dealing with a concussion right now, so that might be a little bit more complicated. But uh, we have to talk about Jacob deGrom because 
Well, he's arguably the best pitcher in baseball when he's on the mound, but we haven't seen him in quite some time. The Mets ERA has been off the charts good, uh, especially since the All-Star break. The starting pitching has been amazing. And now you're adding Jacob deGrom. What does this mean for the rest of the National League potentially here? As we welcome in our radio audience to Diamond Bets, my name's Matt Strager. This is Joe Pizapia, the author of the Black Book series. And Joe has just presented the question to me is, what does it mean that Jacob deGrom is set to make his 2022 debut on Tuesday? Now, here's the thing. Look at it from a trade deadline perspective. We've been talking about all these teams adding all these pieces. Well, the Mets are adding Jacob deGrom, and that's how you have to look at it. Now, of course, on his first start here, I don't expect him to go too deep. Uh, we'll find out if he's on a pitch count. Also have to see how he utilizes his secondary pitches. Joe, you had mentioned how a lot of times guys are just up there trying to locate their fastball. So we have to see where DeGrom is. But I'd imagine if he's ready to step back on a major league mound, that all of his pitches should be major league ready. So I think it's a great boost in the arm for the Mets who people say they've allowed the Braves to catch them. No, no, no. The Braves have taken that opportunity and there's a difference here and it's great you know we're turning it over into august here we're talking about how we may not have guys like mike trout anymore but we have guys like jacob Degrom. the health of baseball is great and it's an exciting time now it's also an exciting time for the a's because they are on the precipice of getting out from the frankie montas situation now i hope they get the haul that they expect and i hope he clears on the medicals but if this is true and the Cardinals will get a Montas, that would be a huge win for them. And another L for the Yankees if they don't acquire Castillo or Montas, unless, of course, Otani is that fail-safe guy. And it's got to be a part of you, Brian Cashman, that you know it's been a long time since you won one. <clears throat> you've been a competitive team. You've been the Yankees. You've been a playoff team. When do you push the chips in the middle and say, let's go for it? Is this the year that they do? And is Otani that guy? That's going to be the fascinating thing. And I hope Matt is wrong. Not because I, I, I wish ill on my friend, but I don't want this trade deadline to underwhelm. I want Soto moved. I want uh, I want Otani moved. You know why? Because I want those guys in the playoffs because it's good for baseball. I want those guys on good teams and good playoff races. I don't want Juan Soto having at-bats in September that mean absolutely nothing for the Washington Nationals. I don't want Otani having starts there. He goes out there and strikes out 11 guys and gives up two earned runs and gets a loss in September. I don't care. I want meaningful baseball for the best talent in baseball. That's what I want for Christmas. And hopefully Christmas comes in July or at least August 2nd. So when we come back, we're going to take a look at the studs and duds. Who's doing well? Might need to sit down a little bit on the bench. We'll tell you right here on SportsGrid. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. Matt and Joe with you here at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. It's pretty much the most important news feed you're going to need. Forget all that other stuff. All the stuff that's going on out in the world, it's not real. It's fake. It's a movie. But this stuff here about sports, that stuff is real. All right, speaking of real, Joe Pizzapia, one of the realest people I know. And that's saying a lot, my friend, in a crazy world. So let's get into studs and duds. Let's examine the guys that are studly, and then let's examine the ones that are dudly. Yes, you and know. anything Matt knows, I am the king of keeping it real. That's ah, always what I am. I'm always the king of keeping yeah. it real. And uh, the home run king this year might very well be 
Aaron Judge, and oof, this guy's on a tear. I'm waiting for him to slow down, but it doesn't look like he's going to. Look at the last 42 at-bats for this dude right now. 10 homers, 10 in the last 42 at-bats. That's absurd. I had to triple, triple, quadruple check that, but it's all true. Uh, 15 <laughs> hits, 10 of them have been home runs. That's also absurd. 23 ribbies, a 476 batting average. This was coming into uh, Saturday's games and a 1798 OPS. So uh, we talked earlier, Matt, about the potential of Aaron Judge hitting, uh, getting up to 60. And he is certainly in this universe. I mean, at 42 right now with, you know, 60 or so games remaining, you imagine he's going to take a couple of days off somewhere in there. But um, I guess this begs the next question, which is always, you know, kind of a loaded one, which you know, that record was a Yankee record, right? It was Babe Ruth, then it was Roger Maris for the longest time. And then, of course, we had the steroid era, which, you know, is baseball. So whatever, uh, where you had people hitting 70 home runs and 70 plus home runs. So will a lot of people look at Aaron Judge if he goes and hits 62 as the new single season home run king? Will you think that narrative hmm. will be alive? And do you think that Yankee fans will take some sort of perverse pride in getting that back. I, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but but I'm a grown man with, with kids and responsibilities. <laughs> I'm not going to knock myself out with that kind of nonsense. No, because at the end of the day, who cares? Who really cares? Who care about that Aaron Judge is hot? I'm right a grown now. man. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? If this Dodge is a show, tracks. Diamond Bets. Right. If it's a show about trying to find some money, I'm not going to find any money in that conversation. I'd be wasting time arguing with some bum on the corner. You know, no offense. And I could be home playing with my kid. But what I can't pay attention to are the adjustments that Aaron Judge has made. Remember early on in the career, guys would pitch him inside, talk about the hole in the swing. Ah, he shortened his swing and that inside stuff he's able to turn on. I know it sounds crazy, but I do think that just his vision, his height, the way he sees the ball leaving the pitcher's hand, all these things really make Judge, and his swing especially, make Judge very, very impressive. It'll be nice to see a Yankee hit 61, 62, yeah, 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 I get it. I don't care about all that nonsense. That's hot air. I care about what the guy does on the field at the plate, and right now he seems to have figured it out. Uh, a guy that a lot of people were wondering about, moved on to Toronto from Oakland, was good, then eh, kind of saw, it's Matt Chapman. Look at what Matt Chapman's mm. done over his last 30 or so at-bats, Joe. Yeah, Matt Chapman over his last 32 at-bats, four homers, 12 hits, 10 ribbies, uh, he's been very big for this offense of late since the All-Star break. Also hitting 438 since the break there <laughs> with a 1432 OPS. Now, look, this is not sustainable. This is one of the upswings of Chapman. He's another streaky player. But, you know, Vlad got hit on the hand yesterday, too. So yeah. it seems like you know, he stayed in the game. But it seems like a situation where, you know, he may be going to miss a couple of days. But Teoscar Hernandez certainly picked things up. And with Springer having some injury issues as well, they're going to need guys like Matt Chapman to continue to contribute. So this is very important for the Blue Jays. It's important that they get this guy uh, going for a long period of time. If he can help carry this, you know, or something close to this pace through August. It's very important for the Blue Jays lineup, no doubt about that. And Barrios has turned things around. So uh, certainly it's been nice for the Blue Jays to have some lesser opponents. I think to, you know, play some other teams like the Tigers and, you know, get out of playing, <laughs> you know, they own the Red Sox. Go play the Tigers. Maybe take a break from playing teams like the Yankees a little bit. I think that's probably good for the Blue Jays and the Rays. Just that little break in the action. But uh, the Rays actually active yesterday on the trade market too, by the way, adding yeah. David Peralta. We didn't even get to, to touch on that. So a professional outfielder added to that roster. Uh, but look, I mean, those are the guys who have been the, the studs. There's no doubt about that. Uh, real quick, going back to the judge, you know, and you're right. It should be about making money. I'm sure at some point there will be – 
uh, an Aaron Judge home run prop that we can all bet on for the 60 and, and what have you. I think that's a, even though it's going to be minus money on the over at some point, I think I would take that still. Do you agree? Would you still go, if it was like, let's say minus 115 or minus 120 for the 60 home runs on the over, I would take that on Judge. I think it would have to get to 150 or 60 for me to be off that. Yep. Thank you. There always has to be a threshold. A thousand percent. There has to be a risk. It has to yeah. be willing and 115, 110, 120. That's fine. Yeah, like you said, you get up to yeah, the 140s 120. and then come on now. Yeah, 125, I'm even listening. After that, it's like, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, the duds. Riley Green. Oh, things are not going well in Detroit. Spencer Torkelson is Who's down, torkling himself in AAA. Uh, <laughs> Riley Green has come up. <laughs> Why did I say something? Uh, Riley Green was supposed to be this, you know, the next big prospect, and it's not worked out here for them so far, at least in the early going. And, like, this is part of the development. These are the uh, the growing pains of a young organization, and certainly Detroit's listening on everyone, quote unquote. Uh, they've had none of those pitchers come through and do anything. Tariq Skubal is another name too. Yeah, if I'm the Cardinals, that's the dude I want. I want the lefty. Go give me Tariq Skubal. That's the guy to go after. But anyway, Riley Green, 40 abs, no home runs, two ribbies, 12 Ks, hitting 225 with a 544 OPS. Ugh. Uh, this is the problem with Major League Baseball is you have these teams, you have the haves and the have-nots. And Detroit went out there. They they went out and tried to make a big signing with Javi uh, Baez and said, okay, we're going to have Torkelson, we're going to have Riley Green. Nothing has worked out for the Tigers. The best laid plans of mice and men uh, end up in AAA, it seems like. So your thoughts on <laughs> the patience of the Tigers. Is it growing thin at all with some of these young players or you think they're just grinning and bearing the process? No, they understand that these kids have to figure it out and what better way than, than up here. And that seems to be an interesting mindset from the front office all the way down. You look at the Tigers, they've always had a guy like Jeremy Candelario that they've never even championed, that they've never even shown out. And this is the only thing that's been consistent on this ball club. You mentioned the pitching hasn't held up. Let's see what happens here, though, because they have had high hopes, as did Kansas City, and nobody realized that that division was going to be what it was. Everyone thought they'd be looking up at the White Sox come May 1st. Mm -hmm. And no, the... the Twins and the Guardians actually are right there. And if not, and we talked about the Guardians favored probably to win that thing, even though everyone still likes the Sox. So the Tigers have a long haul ahead of them. Uh, speaking of hauls, we've been talking about what Washington is hoping to get back <laughs> for Soto. Uh, part and parcel of the Soto deal is that Patrick Corbin has to go, as does his contract, <laughs> as does his failed slider, as does his just his horrid, horrid nature oh. overall. I'm sorry. I'm sure Pat's a nice guy. But, Joe, <clears throat> Patrick Corbin, been a dud, man. If you're going to be a dud, you want to be nuclear. Patrick Corbin is nuclear. And, and you can imagine the conversation with something like, hey, Pat, can you go out there and just have one good start? Can we, can we find a way to just manage one good start to just get, get you out of here? Nope. Nope, not happening. Over his last two starts, just five and two-thirds innings. That's over two starts. 15 hits in those five and two-thirds innings. 15, 11 earned runs with a three whip and a 1747 ERA. I think that was the number of my flight to Orlando a couple weeks ago with 1747, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he also leads the American League with 14 losses. Now, just for context here, <clears throat> he led the league in losses last year. He is leading the league in losses. So, <clears throat> you know, it's one thing to pitch well and you have bad luck. He has earned these 14 losses, Matt. He has earned every bit of this, <laughs> Patrick Corbin. You are the stud of all duds. You have earned it, brother. Good for you own that 14 losses compared to Justin Verlander who has 14 wins right now. I mean, what else? If you don't laugh, I feel like you're just going to cry. So we might as well embrace the bad. Uh, I don't know what happened to Patrick Corbin. 
a couple of years ago, he was one of the better investments and in, you'd make in fantasy and, and in wagering and DFS. And I don't know what it is, but it is bizarre to watch this guy who has just gone completely downhill and he still owned about $60 million over the next two years. So Patrick Corbin, we salute you. If you're going to be bad, be oh so bad. Will this be the last dance? For Patrick Corbin and the Washington Nationals, we shall see in the next few days, that's for sure. But Patrick Corbin, look, man, if you're going to do something, be awesome at it, even if that thing is being awful at your job. When we come back, I'll continue to be awful at my job, and we'll look ahead at the lines for next week. We'll be right back here on Diamond Day. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into Diamond Bets. My name is Matt. His name is Joe. Botch is behind the glass on the ones and twos. During the break, we were all debating the merits of our of our hometowns, of our areas. And of course, me being a New York guy, born and raised in Queens, but then to the South Shore of Long Island, now out to Suffolk County. I maintain Long Island bagels, pizza, Chinese food, and beaches are the best. Botch is in my corner. Joe it's all of a sudden a Jersey guy. Hey, no, no left turns no. and dispensaries and all this and the show. Well, that, well, look, no left turns and dispensaries. That's clearly, I mean, <laughs> you've set all the right, bar I'm very good. high already. We're already winning. <laughs> you, you just did the argument for me, but I'm more in anything but Long Island guy. I feel like that's more <sighs> my stance here. That's fair. All right, fair enough. But I, listen, I mean, this happens. I remember my childhood trying to go from Brooklyn to Long Island to go visit my friends, like my, my, my family, my parents would be like, oh, we have friends out Long Island. Let's go to Long Island. Four hours later, a trip to Because you took the belt. Minutes. You took the belt. That was your biggest mistake. Listen, this kind of argument back, happens. I, I was in the back of the dad. Chevy Caprice Classic. I had Sap no a choice belt. in the matter. All right. I had no choice. He had Carol in his ear. Sal, I told you not to take the belt. Take the belt. I had my, right. I had my Walkman in my ear. That's what I was good. Just hating my life. Staring out you the get window. there, you'd be there for it's three hours. Spend another four hours coming home. <laughs> Just stay on your eye, okay. Striker. Fine. Right. Listen, this conversation's happened all around the country, all around the world. Uh, <laughs> fandom teams. So let's do this. Let's look ahead at some games that are going to have fan bases really rattling, especially on social media. Seattle and the Yankees. This is going to be a haul, right? You got a lot of miles between the two. It'll be Marco Gonzalez. Used to be known as a fly ball pitcher. He's kind of brought it down a bit against Domingo Herman. Jury is still out there for the Yankees, provided they don't make a move. This is the staff. Logan Gilbert has been fantastic for Seattle against Jamison Tyone. Robbie Ray against Garrett Cole. That's the marquee matchup. Funny how the Yankees do miss Castillo in the turn, though. Joe, your thoughts on the series? Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like you had Castillo, and I think this is what you want Castillo for. So I don't think you're going to get him in this game, in this series, I should say, Uh, as of right now, at least. We'll see. Uh, Domingo Herman has not pitched well, uh, but then again, neither is Marco Gonzalez necessarily. Uh, If I was a betting man, and oh, wait, I am, uh, I would be all over the Marco Gonzalez part here uh, in that little ballpark in Yankee stadium where fly balls become home runs, where Matt Carpenter is Babe Ruth. It's, it's a magical time to be alive right now. Uh, and Marco Gonzalez is one of these guys, you know, it just, it gives up a lot of fly balls. Fly ball pitcher in Yankee stadium is a horrendous 
situation. Unless, of course, you're trying to make money off of it, in which case you got to look to Aaron Judge. You got to look to Matt Carpenter as well, Mr. Home Run Mustache himself. Uh, you're looking for home run props. You're looking for total bases. You're looking all of that. Uh, and on the other side of this game, too, this series is going to be so impacted whether or not you're going to get Julio Rodriguez in this series. And if you're not, that is a problem. That is a situation we got to worry about a little bit. And he was already kind of dealing with an injury. People forget. Like after the home run derby, he was kind of dealing with a little wrist thing. And then he gets hit. Ugh. Like I said, I hope we need Julio Rodriguez. He's He's got all the good feels about him. This is what we want in baseball. So hopefully it's something he can get past. But this is a huge series here, especially because the Mariners have been you know, dragged through the mud here by the Houston Astros the last two weeks. And last week, remember we talked about at the end of the show, we always do our three outs, right? The things we're looking for was, okay, Mariners, can you, can you figure it out against the Astros? Well, we got the answer. (laughs) The answer was no, (laughs) no, the Astros are your daddy as of right now. Uh, Jameson Tyon, I think you got to look for the Yankees to be favorites in that game, even though Logan Gilbert's a very good pitcher. Um, You know, I would think you would, eventually see this go into the bullpens and eventually see the Yankees win out there. And then Robbie Ray versus Garrett Cole, it's going to be still very heavy on the Garrett Cole side. So the Yankees, I imagine are going to be favored in all three of these games. Um, And if the Mariners get swept after making this Luis Castillo splash and losing Julio Rodriguez, I think a lot of people are going to say, Oh, maybe we shouldn't have quite dealt big time prospects and done all this. Maybe we're not as good as we think we are. Look at the end of the day, they're trying. I think the fan base is probably appreciative that they're trying, but I'm telling you that first game I want to attack. And then the second one to really attack is that last in terms of K props. I'm sure you're going to get uh, something of probably five and a half on FanDuel on Robbie Ray, maybe even six and a half. Uh, I would seriously consider the over despite the fact last outing wasn't good for him. And with Garrett Cole, you're probably going to be setting somewhere around seven and a half. And I think against the uh, the Mariners, especially if Julio is out of that lineup, I think you would look for the over on that too. That's how I see this series, Matt. Anything else pop to you? I mean, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system for Seattle. We've <laughs> seen what Houston does to them. Now let's see how they fare against the Yankees. Uh, I would look at the over in the first game, and I would look at the K props in the last game. And yeah, without Julio, it's a much different team. It's a much different series. And that's why to try to get on early lines, uh, they're probably not going to be listed because you don't know which team is going to be on the field. But if you can find something early, lock it in because, yeah, it's a much different team, like Joe said, if Julio Rodriguez is not in the lineup. All right, moving on. Another fantastic series. This one, uh, not mm-hmm. too much travel the teams though here san diego and the dodgers let's do this shamanaya faces tony gonsolin clevenger faces heaney darvish faces anderson how do you lean well what's so fascinating about this is you know you got clevenger all of a sudden coming off a really good outing you got you darvish coming off a really good outing um it's starting to feel like you know (laughs) i keep saying this you know padres are going to be in this and wouldn't it be something if eventually they end up playing the dodgers and they end up beating the dodgers in a short series because you know they they're just built differently they need more offense there's no doubt about this and look the 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 complexion of this series would change a great deal if all of a sudden juan soto was in this lineup um but you're taking on gonsolin who has looked more human of late i think there's opportunity in all three of these games to take the underdog Padres on the road against the mm-hmm. Dodgers. It would not shock me if they won two out of three, potentially even look Tyler Anderson's pitch very well. I know he needs come back, but I still have questions about Heaney and Gonson looking, like I said, more human, as we all have been saying for months now, it's eventually that, that ERA and that XFIP are going to come together and meet somewhere in three. 
that's going to change. It's going to change the makeup of, of what Tony Gonson looks like down the stretch here. I think there's opportunity to, to make some money here, betting the underdog on the road here. Uh, and of course the U Darvish one is the most appealing, but what would be fascinating is the Clevenger one. Cause I think that's the pe- one people won't be on as much if Clevenger is kind of found himself a little bit and that last start wasn't a one-off and that's just him finally feeling like Clevenger again after all these years. That's the one where you really make some money. Cause I would imagine the Dodgers would be heavy favorites there on the road and Clevenger's season long stats don't look great, but it's more about what's, what's going on lately that I think you have to pay attention to. What are you paying attention to in this series? So you kind of touched on it, and uh, I used it early in the season, went away from it, and now that you brought it back up, it's fresh in my mind. It's a divisional road dog theory. And basically what it says is when you have two teams in the same division and the over is set at seven and a half or more, you should lean to the road dog, the reason being the familiarity between the two teams. And it actually works out a little over 56 or 57% of the time. And that's great. Remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about wagering. You really only need to be right 52% of the time if you play the good plus money plays. People forget. Baseball, Joe, you bring it up all the time. Over 70% failure rate built in. So I think being right mm-hmm. 57% of the time is nice. So that's what I would look at. I think you're 100% right. I think there's going to be value here. Try to find some pluses in front of some numbers. And then if you want to get a little deeper and you still want to work the Dodgers, uh, you can look at guys like Freddie Freeman you know, and see if his numbers are right. Normally in a series like this, I would play the Dodgers and both teams to score two or more runs. You can flip that. If you want to take the Padres here, Padres and both teams to score two or more runs, probably give even more plus money. That's how you have to play these kind of series, especially involving the Dodgers. Hey, look, another series is going to be super hard to handicap. Let's go to the NL East, Braves and Mets. And this is going to be a good one. Four games that are really going to tell us a lot in August. Kyle Wright, Carlos Carrasco, Ian Anderson, Taiwan Walker, Max Fried, Max Scherzer, Spencer Strider against this new guy. And I'm going to try to say his name right because it's spelled weird. Uh, Jay Degrom? Degrom? (laughs) Yeah. Some new like, guy. I don't know. I, yeah. It's like a lowercase d, and then there's an it's asterisk right. and a, a money sign. There's all sources. <laughs> yeah, it's French for uh, pitches <laughs> once a year. Um, yeah, Jacob Degrom <laughs> certainly coming back in this rotation is is very exciting. <clears throat> there's there's no doubt about that. And when you look at these pitching matchups, I mean, Kyle Wright's been a little spotty. Um, Ian Anderson certainly has been. Taiwan Walker's pitched very well. Carrasco's pitched pretty well. And then you get Scherzer and DeGrom. I mean, this is what I keep coming back to when people talk about the Braves winning the division. Like, yeah, well, the Braves can win the division all they want. But this is what the short series between these two teams would look like. And you're telling me you're going to take the Braves pitching over the Mets pitching if everything is right? No way. I'm sorry. No way. And not the way Edwin Diaz has pitched, too. Which, by the way, can we give a little bit more love to the Edwin Diaz uh, season? How good he has been? I'm not saying he should be Cy Young, but I'm saying... (laughs) That's been an incredible season that Diaz has played. And I think that's the big difference maker too. When you get to the bullpen, they feel so good about the ninth inning, which is something the Mets haven't uh, historically felt good about for many, many years. It's a different vibe there. And that entrance doesn't hurt either. I do love the trumpets. I'm not going to lie. The trumpets are pretty fun. Uh, But, you know, when you look at these matchups and you also look at the length you're going to get. Now in this DeGrom start, you mentioned it. Maybe he's on that pitch count. Maybe he's not going to go, you know, six innings even so that's kind of where strider is too so that game's going to be deciding the bullpen if there's any game potentially that i think you're looking for where you're looking for atlanta i think it's on the strider Degrom game because there should be so much attention on Degrom. there's probably gonna be limitations on Degrom realistically and look let's be honest every met fan knows this is a fact of life when Degrom's on the mound the mets don't like to score runs so <laughs> if you're gonna go by history 
the Strider game is the upset game. That's the one you want to be on the fourth one with all the fanfare. Everybody's super excited, blah, 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 to grow So I think that that's something to consider. And I think that, you know, when you're looking at Max Scherzer too, you know, he started to go into the seventh inning. He did so in the Yankee game. That's the first time since he has yeah. uh, come back from his injury that he's done that. I think this Mets pitching wins out this series. It's probably going to be a split at the end of the day, but I'm telling you right now, this is what you have to look at more so when you're looking to bet who wins the National League and who's going to the World Series there. Like the Mets just look better. We come back. Big questions, big answers right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets. My name is Matt Stryker. His name is Joe Pizzapia. He, Joe Pizzapia, is an author. The Black Book series, it's out there. Go check it out, especially with football coming our way. And give us about three or four weeks, and this show will switch over. We'll be giving you everything you need to know about football. Joe's pointing to the Black Book there. But the reason I bring it up is because everybody has an opinion, but Joe has written a book that has changed the way people are thinking. And in this day and age, and I'm not being funny, everyone thinks the same way. Group thought, group thought, group thought. When you have an independent thinker come along and he changes the way you think about things, all of a sudden, everyone's going to run over to that side. You want to be on that side before everyone gets there. So you get the best seat. I have the best seat. I've been sitting with Joe for about three plus years. So man, oh man, thank you so much, bro. Seriously. All right, Thank you it's time for, for sitting with the me beast. all these years, and we're not in therapy, which is pretty awesome. We're still going <laughs> but it strong, is me. It is. Therapy. I guess it really this is, is this is our therapy. Boy, oh boy, that says a lot about us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go, my friend. Uh, first question, and we may have a little joke thrown in there by our producer. Let's see, uh, who's going to be the biggest surprise dealt by the trade deadline? Uh, Joe, mm. your thoughts. Yes. Dealt is the key word. Who is going to be dealt? Uh, Look, I think uh, Carlos Rodon, which I don't know if it's going to be a surprise now that it started to leak, but I I kind of mentioned on my show earlier last week that I thought the Giants should be sellers. Like I really, the Giants aren't in a spot, but they do have a left-handed pitcher that I think a lot of contending teams would be interested in, especially once Castillo was gone, that Carlos Rodon would be a fascinating piece to add to any rotation. And ironically, you might feel better about that investment than you would about Frankie Montas. And Rodon also has another year on that deal, too. So you're getting Rodon short-term and long-term. And he would cost you far less because he's got such a history of being injured and all these issues. But look, despite having a few moments here and there that haven't been great, overall, you've gotten a lot more good than bad than Carlos Rodon the last two years. So I think that is a fascinating piece for a team like St. Louis. Uh, fascinating team potentially for the Yankees too. You know, you look at the Yankee rotation. It's pretty right-handed last time I looked, right? I'm pretty, pretty right-handed. <laughs> you know, maybe a little, a little lefty in Yankee Stadium like Carlos Rodon. I would not be shocked if that's if the Yankees decided they didn't want to back up the truck for Otani, and the Yankees said they didn't want to back up the truck for Juan Soto. They could make a smaller deal, probably keep Volpe, probably keep Dominguez, move other um, higher-end prospects, but not the two premium guys, and get Carlos Rodon. That might be the way to go. Um, for the New York Yankees. So I think that could be a piece that's very much in play. I I still say that I think that there is a possibility where the Guardians, we talked about them being active, that they might pull something out of the hat 
uh, when you look at in terms of who are surprise guys to be dealt. But I think San Francisco being sellers is one of them. Uh, we already know Cincinnati is a seller. That's obvious. The other guy is Pablo Lopez, which, yep. again, not a huge surprise. But if you are the Miami Marlins, you're looking at the makeup of your organization. You need, in the worst way, an everyday player you can build around. Jazz Chisholm's a very nice player. I don't know if he's a franchise player necessarily. Uh, JJ Blade, I think, might be a nice secondary kind of player. I don't know if he's a franchise player. If you can deal Pablo Lopez and bring back a young stud prospect that you think you can build around, that would be huge. So Lopez and Rodon, those are two guys. Again, maybe not huge surprises, but I think two weeks ago, that was not something we were thinking about. And now I think we should consider it very seriously. How about you? Are there any surprise guys that might be out there that you think could jump? Well, you, you mentioned the two pitchers, Rodon and Lopez, and I think there was a deal in place. The Cardinals were talking to the Marlins. I think Craig Mish, our very own Craig Mish, reported on mm -hmm. this that Harrison Bader was a part of a deal, but then Bader with the injury. I think Pablo Lopez would be a nice fit in St. Louis. Uh, other than that, I don't know his contract details when it's no trade. I think Madison Bumgarner is a name that could really help a lot of teams, yeah. too. It would raise a few, a few eyebrows. All right, uh, we flip it over now. The next question, the obvious one, who's the one name that won't? be dealt by the trade deadline. Ha, <laughs> ah, this one's a little trickier. <clears throat> uh, I do think Mancini goes. I'm just trying to go through the list in my head. Um, I think Tariq Skubal probably won't at the end of the day. I think the Tigers will probably say, eh, you know what? You know, it's, we're not getting enough. Let's keep the young kid and hopefully next year some of these uh, young prospects come on a little quicker and, and we have a better season. So Skubal might be that guy that doesn't get dealt. Um, when you continue to look around the rest of the American League, I I understand that it's very difficult to deal Shohei Otani. I understand from the PR, PR standpoint, excuse me, standpoint, you are in a tough spot if you're the Angels because he is everything you've got. He has been the best story in baseball for two years. He's your reigning undisputed MVP. But you're still 10 games under 500. Like, what, what are, you know, actually... I'm wrong. 15 games under 500. That's where you are right now. So when is it getting better for you? It's not. Is it getting better next year magically with everything you have in your pipeline? Absolutely not. And you have all this money tied into Mike Trout. I think you cash in. So I think you're going to get Soto. I think you're going to get Otani. And if you don't, I think it's a, I think that both of those teams have failed then organizationally because yes, you're going to take the hit short term, but you have to think long term. What are you bringing back? Are you going to bring back the right pieces that rebuild and make you a playoff contender? Because now with expanded playoffs, it's just about being a playoff contender anymore. It's less about winning the division. It's less about being super elite. Can you be competitive? And I think the answer is if you can't be competitive with Shohei Otani, then you've got bigger problems. And if you can't be competitive with Juan Soto, you've got bigger problems. So I do think those two big pieces move. At the end of the day, I think it might be a guy like Scooble who's been out there that I think eventually they just pull back and say, yeah, you know, it's just not enough right now to get rid of the young pitcher. Uh, but you might feel differently. Do you think we're going to get one or two of those big names that don't get traded at the deadline? Well, here's the question. Can a season ticket holder sue an organization? Is there a legal precedent for <laughs> that? So. Because... Uh, you know, if if, if so, lose, the Jets would be out of business. That's true. Sure. <laughs> that would be it. Uh, I'm going to say neither Otani nor Soto are moved by the deadline. And I know that that takes the wind out of your sails and the air out of the room. But here's the thing. For the Nationals with the ownership and all that, it it's, makes just more fiscal sense and business sense to not have to be rushed unless you can find a team that's willing to give you everything you want. 
And we mentioned they, they, being the Nationals, want five or six, not Castillo. Castillo got only three. They want five or six. Who has that? Is it Texas? I don't want Soto to go to Texas. That's as deflating as Nelson Cruz signing with Tampa last season. So I think neither Soto nor Otani move unless someone really makes it impossible for one of these two teams to say no. Third question. Ah, it's a good one, man. Joe, should the MVP award be given to a player on a playoff team? Does, is that contingent <laughs> upon anything, how well the team is doing? For me, it does. Okay. Unless you're hitting and pitching. If you're hitting and pitching, that, that, is, that? that is, yeah, uh, that, that's it. So, yeah, I always feel like that. You know, I understand we had, you know, Alex Rodriguez win that award in the last place team. We've had you know, Andre Dawson, as you and I both remember when he played for the Cubs. Mm. They were last place team, but he had by far the best year of anybody in the National League that year. Yeah, I mean, I think value to a certain extent, you should at least be a competitive team. Playoff is tough because you could be a great offensive player and a great everyday player, but the pitching on the team stinks, and that can certainly uh, hurt you. Um, I look at Jose Ramirez as kind of the poster. Like, Jose Ramirez is on a competitive team that people should be talking about. Um, But, yeah, typically speaking, I think they should be competitive teams because, once again, the value is if you – you know, how valuable are you if you're a last place team? That is a fair, cogent, logical argument, right? So I think, yes, the, the answer should be you should be at least a playoff contender to be seriously considered. And I know some years there's anomalies, some years there's, you know, no clear guy at the top. But what's so difficult right now is is we have such an anomaly in Otani who is shattering these records across, like things we've never seen historically in baseball and yeah, that makes you the best player because nobody is doing what that guy's doing. And that does matter at the end of the day. And it matters to me. It becomes more complicated because the Angels are 15 games under 500. So yeah, it's a more complicated issue right now. But he's the most valuable player because ask yourself this question. Who brings back more in a trade? Shohei Otani or Juan Soto? Matt, who brings more back in a trade in your in your idea? The guy who could do both things or the guy who does one thing? The answer is the answer is Otani. But here's the Mm -hmm. thing. Change the name of the award. We're living in a time now where words don't mean anything anymore. It's it's your definition versus my definition. No, 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 no. There is a definition of a word. Most valuable player. The argument is on the value of the player. You made a great point, right? If a guy is on a last place team, but he hits 50 home runs, he's not the most valuable. He just hit the most home runs. Like, change the the semantics, the worst. Jose Ramirez is the most valuable player to his team currently. Aaron Judge is the most valuable player to his team currently. Otani's the most. Should they be a playoff team? Should you change the name of the award? That's the problem that we have in this world, in this industry, in this country. Everyone has a different definition of something. Therefore, we cannot have a conversation. If your definition is one thing and mine is another, how can we ever find a common ground? We have to understand what that definition is and then have the discussion. It's a great question. I don't think there's a period at the end of this conversation or this statement either. Uh, May I move on? You may, but I don't think we should move on with this next graphic either. Uh, Whoever was... Was typing these, I think, well, was out late. This is our night. producer having Saturday fun with night, us. the summertime. They're hanging out in Long Island or they're in Jersey at one of the many, you know, dispensaries as we were talking, maybe. <laughs> but let's ask the question, really. Okay, here we go. The question is Will <laughs> Kyle Schwarber hit over <clears throat> or under 50 and a half home runs this season? And the reason the spelling for Schwarber is the way it is. 
is one of our producers poking a little bit of fun at me. I have these really fat fingers, and when we text, I always spell people's names wrong if the letters are mm -hmm. close enough to one another. So yeah. if this graphic comes up and Schwaber's name is spelled incorrectly, that's someone poking fun at me, just so you know. It's not going to come up yeah. at all, just so you know. But here we go. Joe, all kidding aside, and my fat finger errors, uh, will Kyle Schwaber <laughs> hit over or under 50 and a half homers this year? Go. Uh, I'm going to say under. Um, oh. It's been a great run for Kyle Schwarber. But Kyle Schwarber is also a streaky guy. And I think we have to keep that in mind. And I think as if, 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 and when, or how the Phillies start to disintegrate over time here, remember Ooh, the word. East has just got Jacob DeGrom back as well. Right. So True. I think we're in a spot here where, yeah, you know, with Scherzer, DeGrom, and the rest of the Mets pitching well, the Braves pitching being what it is, a lot of these individual if, – if Pablo Lopez doesn't get dealt, you have to deal with Alcantara and Lopez. And all these – the weighted schedule down the stretch, I don't think favors Schwarber getting 50 home runs. I really don't. So I'm going to say under, uh, but I'm rooting for him to go the over because, you know, Schwarber, Vogelback, all my fit, fat brothers, I love those guys. I want those guys to do well, so I'm rooting for them. It's actually dynamite insight to look at the pitching – especially down the stretch and look at actually how good the NL starters are. If he's going to hit it, he's going to hit it off of some of the weaker bullpens, uh, looking at you, Miami, and some of these other teams. But uh, 50 and a half, probably not. What's he at now? He is at 32 with uh, 60 games left to go. 18, 60 games. Eh, he's got the swing and he has the streakiness, but you make up a good point about the pitchers. Yeah. All right, we only have a minute left, goes so I'm saved there. All right. That's what yeah. I think. Uh, final question. <laughs> Joe, who's going to finish the season with a better record? Wow, the White Sox or the Orioles? This is actually not a crazy question. You got a minute. Go. I hate my life with this question. I hate it so much. <laughs> I can't believe we've gotten here. The White Sox, okay? The White Sox, because the Orioles are going to get rid of players. Like, they they are going to trade trade Mancini. Of course they are. They should. They're, they're not competing. So it's going to be... It's going to be the White Sox, but oh God, miserable. Matt, go ahead. Answer this question. No, we have 30 seconds. It's all you, buddy. Take us out. It's the, it's the White Sox. Can the White Sox please get themselves together? Will you please? Do you have to go to some sort of like, you know, camp retreat? Do trust falls? Base Come on, White Sox. Let's go. Get it together. There you go. <sighs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. During the break, the entrepreneurial ideas flowing. I got to tell you, man, between Joe Pizzapia and Botch Behind the Glass there, we really have some mm -hmm. renaissance people working on this show, working at this network. It's a fantastic network, great eye for talent, myself excluded. All right, it's time for three outs now. <laughs> Joe, you are the embodiment and definition of talent. So what are three things oh. that you're looking forward to in this three-out segment for the coming week in Major League Baseball? Poor Craig Mish has to walk into this again. Poor Craig Mish. I don't know what <laughs> bet he he's the adult in the every room. year in August. I know. And then and then you see Matt and myself on our best behavior when Craig's around and all of a sudden, you know, the inmates running the asylum. All right. I'm looking at the Jacob deGrom debut. I lost it. Uh, the bet that I didn't think that he would be back by the time 
football season rolled around for us, but here we go. Now, hopefully he lasts more than one start. If he gets hurt in that first start, I am telling you, next Sunday is going to be must-see television. If Juan Soto becomes a Met, forget or Otani, must-see television right here on Diamond Bets. It's going to be off the chain. Make sure you hang up. But it's going to be the deadline winners and losers. So <clears throat> there's a game of chicken going on right now if you're the Yankees because you didn't go get Castillo, and Castillo was the clear guy to get. So if you miss out on Lopez, you miss out on Montas, you miss, like the Yankees are hopefully get their guy. But the Yankees need a guy because I'm telling you right now, to me, the Astros are the team to beat still in the American League. And I know that's an unpopular hmm. sentiment here in the New York area, but it's just a fact. Uh, Matt Stryker, how about you? What do you got your eye yep. on? Uh, deadline winners and losers, 100%. I also expect there to be some more runs scored, some more home runs. I'm going to start looking at more overs, and I'm also going to start to look at how to tease down winners and overs, little parlays here for the next couple of weeks in August. In the great tune by Bruce Springsteen, Atlantic City, there's a great line. There's winners and losers, and don't get caught on the wrong side of that line. That's how I feel. Or don't get caught on the wrong side of that deadline either, necessarily. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for Matt Stryker. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Enjoy your weekend of baseball. 